Welcome to the Impeccable Investor Podcast. The strategies and secrets you will learn on this podcast will help you profit from the market with ease. Remember, if it's hard, then it's probably not right. Now, your host, that crazy stock guy, Austin Bully. Hey guys, welcome to this podcast, YouTube, wherever you're on. We're going to interview Jared Tendler today. He's a really cool person to, ha to have on. He is, well, really what I got to miss is from this book here that he wrote called The Mental Game of Trading. So I don't want to go on too much about him, but basically he's internationally recognized as a mental game coach for entrepreneurs, for trading, for golf, and for so many other things. But I don't want to steal his spotlight. So Jared, please tell us more about yourself. <laughs> Thanks, Austin. Good to be here, man. Um, yeah, no. So I, you kind of summarized it pretty well. Um, I got into the field trying to fix my own mental hurt up, uh, my own mental hangups, trying to uh, play professional golf. Um, and then, you know, just sort of sought out better answers because what was around in the time, you know, we're talking, you know, 20 plus years ago, it just didn't, it didn't help me in those critical moments when, you know, uh, the putts to qualify for the open, USAM were kind of on the line. Um, and, and so it did help me, right. But not in those critical moments. So I, I kind of went and got a, a master's degree in counseling psychology, a license uh, to be a therapist, but never intended to practice, wanted to kind of combine the skills of a therapist with sports psychology, with golf psychology and, and kind of develop my own program. And, you know, so now that was, you know, 16 years ago, started working with golfers, randomly met a poker player who, uh, you know, needed the same kind of uh, counsel. And, um, you know, there was huge open runway. There wasn't anybody else doing this kind of work in poker at that time. And so I kind of was, I had this opportunity to kind of make it what I, what I wanted, wrote two poker books, the mental game of poker one and two. And then, you know, traders started picking up the poker books and realizing like, all right, you change the word, you know, poker to trading and it all applies. Um, and so I started picking up some trading clients, some institutional uh, included. Um, and then um, I, I, uh, got hired by Team Liquid, which is uh, one of the largest esport organizations in the world, uh, working with them um, and their athletes and across uh, several different titles. Um, and so now, you know, I've got clients in 45 countries, you know, working with, with traders and poker players and mm. golfers and esport athletes. And, you know, here we are with the Mental Game of Trading, which is, you know, kind of a big, uh, big 10 year upgrade from when I first wrote the poker book. So yeah, That's I'm pretty awesome. proud of it and happy to talk to you about it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So you went, you were a golf player, then you made your way to poker, then trading, now esports, you, you do the whole deal. What is a common theme that you've seen throughout the whole list of categories between like golf, trading, poker, and esports? Like, is there a common thing that is holding a lot of people back? Yeah, everybody's nuts. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, the, the common thread is that, that, that all of the problems that people experience when they are trying to perform at the highest levels or their highest levels is just the same across the board. So, you know, for the same reason that the, the, the poker book applied to traders and, and frankly, to esport athletes, the same reason that the trading book applies back to poker players and entrepreneurs. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, when you want something, right. And, and it's, and it's hard to get, and it's challenging and it's an insanely competitive environment, you know, and for everybody listening, it's mostly, you want money, you want success, you know, you want something better for yourself. It's not going to come easily. And, and so when we kind of run into those, uh, those barriers, sometimes the barriers are internal, right? Sometimes they're external. Uh, and so when it's the internal stuff, we're talking about the fear of losing, we're talking about the hatred of mistakes. We're talking about entitlement, or uh, at high expectations, 
you know, losing confidence, having trouble motivating yourself as consistently, you kind of go through these highs and lows. We're talking about burnout or having trouble focusing, you know, all of those issues, you know, are just kind of a handful of the things that I see, you know, they, they're ubiquitous across industries and it's not just, you know, within the four that I kind of primarily operate in. Yeah. So you were mentioning a lot of things and it's true, right? Like, so everybody has something that's holding them back and like, it really only dials down to maybe like one or three things like the fear of failure. Um, you know, just, just those basic human emotions that we have. And since like, regardless of what industry or sport or whatever you're doing that you're in, it all comes down to emotions. So how would you recommend to someone, how would you manage your emotions, rewrite your emotions? What kind of is the process of that? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the first step in the process is actually kind of changing a lot of the thinking that you have or that people have about emotion in general, right? I think there's a there's an ethic, and here we are saying, right, the fear of, of, of failing, the fear of losing, the hatred of mistakes, confidence issues, right? We're saying that those are problems, but really, they're just sort of symptoms, right? And, and when you start to understand that emotions are not the problem, right, greed, FOMO, anger, they are not the problem. They're symptoms of these underlying flaws. Okay. An underlying flaw in, would include high expectations, mm-hmm. you know, would include illusions of control, uh, confirmation bias, hindsight bias, you know, these underlying kind of ideas that kind of are embedded in our minds, they collide with a reality that says, nope, you know, you're not going to squeeze out more profit in this trade just because you're hoping it's going to go up or you think it's going to go up, that you don't have that kind of control. So if you're going to start to actually like kind of gain command of your emotions, A, you need to understand that, they, that they're not the problem and you got to change your logic here and start being more curious about why it is that they're there mm-hmm. and what flaws, you know, kind of uh, are kind of behind them. And, you know, chapter three of the book is really kind of where you kind of focus in there. Um, but the, you know, the sec, the second step is that, you know, management of our emotions is really not the answer either. You know, if you're managing your emotions, you're using mental resources to try to contain something. Mm-hmm. And so by definition, you're now taking away resources that ought to be focused more on your positions and the type of opportunities you have or the research you want to do. And yeah, focus on execution. Mm-hmm. Um, so management takes energy. Number two, emotions, as they rise, they get to a point where they will actually shut down your ability to manage them. So there's a part of the brain called the prefrontal cortex. It is responsible for controlling your emotions. However, when emotions rise too high, the emotions have the power to shut off that prefrontal cortex. So the part of the brain responsible for emotion control can be shut down by your emotions. It's, okay. it's kind I mean, but like, if you think about your experience, right. In those instances where you've done some pretty dumb things, you've done things, you've, you've made mistakes, you knew better than you have this sense, Oh, I need to sell here. And yet, right. Something kind of compels you to stay in or maybe even double it. That happens because your emotions have proportionally shut down that part of the brain. So you're still able to think enough to be aware, but not enough to act. So you end up acting emotionally based on those emotions, okay? So, you know, controlling your emotions is not the answer in the long run. It is in the short term, for sure. But in the long run, it's going to minimize your ability, A, to be as focused on the markets and your positions, et cetera, as you want. And B, it's going to fail at times. And you're going to get run over. And that's exactly what happened to me 
trying to qualify for the U.S. Open and trying to qualify for these big events, right? I, I knew exactly what I needed to do, make a three-foot putt, right? But my body wouldn't do it because it was overwhelmed by the emotions, right? So, so control is not the answer. The answer is resolution. You want to get to the heart of what causes that emotional reaction and over time systematically correct it so that you upgrade your functioning. It's almost like upgrading a piece of software, right? Now those error codes are disappearing mm -hmm. because you've actually fixed the, the bugs in the system. Yeah. So I just want to make sure that I'm understanding this right and everyone that's listening on understands this is basically what you're saying is there's this area of the brain that controls our emotions, but if our emotions are too high, we overwrite that. So basically the only way to kind of in quotes control our emotions is to make sure that we're addressing an underlying issue. Correct. Yes. And to catch it early. Right. So, um, you know, there's a couple pieces to my system. Right. And, and, and you know, number one is, you know, sort of the shift in perspective, which has been mostly what we've talked about so far. Yeah. The, the next step is to do a mapping where you're actually like detailing out what that escalation looks like because it, it happens in patterns, right? Mm -hmm. You see patterns in the market and you trade on that knowledge, right? I trade in a sense on my knowledge of patterns within my clients mm -hmm. and getting them to sort of see the early warning signs that things are kind of ticking upward towards anger, towards loss of confidence, towards greed or overconfidence. You need to know that that's happening because that's where your mind is most potent at correcting and containing the emotion in the short term, right? So you can create more, uh, you know, create better execution. Uh, so that's, that's kind of like the, the, the real time strategy. And then in the long run, you're working to understand what those flaws are and correcting those so that you kind of, you know, uh, diffuse the trigger, so to speak, so that they're not problems, you know, recurringly. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And especially I know my team and my audience, they're mainly more of a technical base traders approach type type deal. So we definitely look at a lot of charts, a lot of patterns and stuff like that. So knowing that, okay, my mind, my actions is really just a breakout pattern, right? Where do I need to catch this before it breaks out? And so that's kind of like what we're doing with our emotions is basically what you're saying. Um, yeah, I know throughout the book, I didn't get a chance to go through the whole thing, but I'm excited to, there's like, it, it breaks it down. So like in the intro, it's like, okay, we're going to talk about these, these concepts. And then in chapter, I forget which one, which one, but it's like map, map your patterns, identify the roots of your problems and then correct your problem. And so that's kind of the whole process you're talking about right now. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I think it's, I think it's yeah. important too, just to, you know, you guys are skilled at seeing those patterns, right? It's now we're just kind of putting the mirror back on yourself and studying it. And, and for some traders, it can be a little overwhelming. You sort of think, well, I already know it, or I can't know it. And both are kind of wrong, right? That, that as you pay more attention to it, you invariably will find more details, you know, that you didn't know before. And you're wrong because you've learned patterns in the market that you probably didn't know you could see. And so it's just about skill. It's not like, you know, people kind of talk about, you know, uh, emotional intelligence or, you know, being very empathetic or, you know, emotionally aware. F that. Like, it's not about that at all. It's simply a skill mm -hmm. that you can learn and develop the more you kind of work at it. And it's not, not like anything else. Yeah. So what is one practical way for someone to start this? Like, would it be a journal? Would it be a video log? Like, how would you rec recommend yeah, someone I mean, go about this? Yeah, both of those are, are viable. I think, you know, if it if you're not a scalper, you know, you, you can kind of just keep a log a piece of paper next to you and just, you know, as you start to recognize, oh, man, I'm like, I messed up that trade, or I can feel myself kind of wanting to get FOMO into this position. 
just start kind of actually logging in real time, like kind of what's happening in your mind, right? The, the key things that we're looking for are what specific thoughts are you having, okay. right? What, what physical sensations or actions, you know, tend to be occurring at that time too, right? Can you feel like some tension in your head? You know, do you feel your eyes kind of moving across the screen or do you feel yourself like hyper-focused on one chart and, you know, to the exclusion of the others, you know, is your hand just kind of, you know, doing a death grip on your mouse? Um, you know, th those are, are, are examples of some of the signals that we're looking for. And a lot of people think that like the negative thinking that maybe may occur in your mind is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So, so we're not, we're going to sort of change the qualification of that too. Okay. The thoughts are another symptom, right? Along with the emotion. So you get triggered, right? By this position, uh, that you're not in, right? You can see it moving and maybe it just kind of went without you. You saw an entry, you didn't take it for some reason, which wasn't that big deal, but now it's kind of gone, right? And all of a sudden you get triggered by that, you know, kind of FOMO. And, and so all the thoughts that come along with that, like, oh, I'm going to miss out another one, or here we go again, or no, like I need to get this, you know, I'm not going to have another opportunity. All the things that sort of seem illogical at the time, they are very logical once you understand the core of the problem. So don't, don't kind of criticize or judge any of the stuff that kind of comes to mind or that you're, you're thinking about or, or even maybe even saying out loud or doing log it, track it, write it down. And at the end, and then at the end of the day, review it and see if you can identify any additional details. And if you keep doing that day over day where uh, you can prepare yourself based on what you saw the day before you do it during the, during the session, review it afterwards. It's a very kind of iterative, iterative process mm -hmm. that will kind of build on itself. And you know, that's, that's learning kind of one-on-one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's how we did it in trading, right? We wrote down what we were seeing over and over and over, and that's how we got to where we are now. Um, and so basically, you know, we're recording our emotions, we're understanding what's going on and from an internal and external perspective around us. Can we develop like a robust trading system that kind of takes in all these factors to eliminate or control these problems? Or do we just need to, I don't know, be more self-aware or can it be defined in a system? You know, do you trying to get where I'm going at? Do you mean like a, like, the, like, the, can we put all our problems or, or develop? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So can we put all of our issues that we now know that we have into a system where basically it goes, if I didn't drink my coffee this morning, then I shouldn't be trading. Like, can we like have a direct cause and effect there? Uh, I mean, the goal would be to find some of those very direct cause and effect. I mean, I okay. think if your trading is so vulnerable that if you don't have your cup of coffee in the morning, right, then that may be a short term issue. But mm -hmm. like long term, you want to be able to kind of have a little bit more, um, you know, kind of knowledge base to rely on if you're a little bit tired or not quite mentally clear that you can still perform, you know, so it may be okay. Yeah. If I don't have my coffee, don't take some creative trades, you know, kind of stick to some basic, you know, kind of a, a plus setup uh, type stuff. But yes, we can develop a system that says, if I'm feeling X, okay. do not trade. Right. I mean, I think, you know, if we look at the difference between intuition and, and, you know, those, those instances where your intuition is actually false, like it's not real. That's one of the, the difficulties is that, you know, you're relying on a sense to say, yeah, this is actually the right, you know, opportunity to get in. Of course you have setups and defined entries, you know, but there's oftentimes some, you know, subtle navigation that has to require and you're managing positions that require that, in, that real intuition, but emotions can kind of masquerade 
as intuition. And so, you know, you can have some kind of clear directives that say, if I'm thinking like this, right, if I'm thinking in absolutes, if I say to myself, I'm going to make a killing in this trade, you know, that's a pr probably a pretty good signal that you ought not to be in it, or at least not at the size that you are, you know, and so yeah, you kind of have kind of some of those X's and O's. But I think ultimately, what we're looking at is the system that I've developed is all about identifying these signals and these emotions and problems that, that exist on the surface, we dig into them, we understand the cause. And over time, you work to correct them, so that you don't have to kind of manage yourself quite as much. I mean, I think, yeah, in the short term, you need crutches, you need training wheels before you can ride a bike. Um, but but you don't want that long term, you want to solve the problem. So your, your mind is kind of freed up to, to just go do what you do at your best. Yeah. So basically, the idea of a trade system or like if X, then Y type deal would work in a short term as like a band aid is basically what you're saying, because we're trying to get to the deeper issue of why you're thinking that in the first place. Exactly. Yep. Okay, cool. That makes a lot of sense. Um, another thing that I can't that I came across in the book that I definitely know applies and I've heard it before is the Dunning Kruger effect. Um, I've heard this and it's hilarious, um, but it definitely applies a lot to trading, I think. And for those who don't know, um, I, I wrote it out here so that I know the exact verbiage, but it's basically the concept that refers to the tendency of poorly skilled performers to overestimate their abilities and conversely for highly skilled performers to underestimate their abilities. And where I wanted to take this is beginner traders and whatever they're doing, investors, whoever they are, they have an idea of like they know enough to think they know so they start like buying and trading every type of setup but then as you've been in the market for a while you start to question before you get into a trade because you may have seen this trade setup happen before but then it go against you or you may think okay cool i see this and i would have traded this if i was a beginner but now i know that like this thing is also like how do you combat that as a high performer like how do you still perform even though you have multiple signals kind of messing with you? Yeah, so I think the key piece about the Dunning-Kruger is that um, the overestimation of skill creates overconfidence. And so you're, you're actually not learning quite as efficiently as you could be. So I think it's okay to kind of spray the market a little bit. And yeah. as a beginner, just learn, you know, right? <laughs> learn yeah, by diving in. And that's cool. So long as you know that that's what you're doing. And so long as you're doing it with capital that, you know, is not going to kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> paralyze your abilities to progress. Um, the, the problem with overconfidence is that it's blinding, right? You, like you think that you actually know what you're doing. And then of course, you know, you, you get kind of undercut and, and, yeah. and that gets shattered. And then on the flip side, right, you've got, you know, traders who are actually very, very skilled, right? They've done kind of the hard work over, you know, a couple of years or longer. And, and they sort of falsely assume that everybody knows what they know. And so they actually are underconfident. So what this highlights is, this, this misperception that it's all about confidence, right? Okay. Having confidence is the be all end all. No, having skill is what matters most. You need to be a skilled trader more than you need to be a confident trader, mm -hmm. okay? Confidence is really just used to help you get the most out of your trading. It's not used as a replacement for, for raw skill, okay? Yeah. So in the early stages, as you're kind of making that tra transition from you know, kind of beginner to intermediate, I think what you're trying to set up is a consistent process, right? Mm -hmm. How you are evaluating trades at the end, you know, of the session, uh, what you're learning in terms of your analysis and, and, and your work and backtesting, et cetera. And then how that feeds into your preparation the next day so that you understand, okay, here's what I saw yesterday. You know, it didn't pan out. 
well, did it not pan out because of some variance, just some bad luck, or was it just not a good trade? Was I forcing things too much? Did, was my entry a little bit off? Uh, you know, and you can kind of just work to, to improve and iterate on that. You know, but, but the, the goal, in my mind, as a beginner, you ought to be setting a foundation and a structure for learning because it doesn't matter at what level you are, you need to continue to get better. So if you can start from the beginning to have a mechanism and a process, you know, that is, that is measured and, 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 you know, sort of systematic, then you're not going to have to reinvent the wheel and go through these highs and lows with your motivation and your confidence you know, because you're just more, more solid and stable. Yeah. I mean, you've covered, so, so far we covered a lot of great stuff, a lot of things that can be applied, whether you're a beginner, advanced, whatever. But I do have a, a question that's kind of towards the end here, but like, do you think that after you've learned, after you've been through the systems, and again, I will say there's a caveat that with systematic trading, or I should say with quant trading, where you're having a computer do everything, you do have a human bias since the human is making it. Um, but do you think someone who is aware of their issues, someone who is aware of the underlying problems can develop a quant model that does better than them? So my question is to you, do you think there is a future in quants, basically? You mean for uh, like you mean as 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 traders or as like a, like a quant like emotional system? As like let's go both, but but my but my question was about a trading system. Like, do you think someone who is aware of their emotions can develop a trading system that would be better than them since it doesn't have emotions? Um, I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, I think um, you know theoretically yes, but I also think that if you are relying on a system to manage your emotions. Similar thing. It will work in the short term, you know, but are you actually kind of giving up, you know, kind of top end type profitability, right? Because like trading a, like an algorithmic system, you know, is not going to be able to have the sensation and the ability to kind of navigate and position and scale in and scale out of trades, mm -hmm. you know, that you that you would be able to as a human. Yeah. Right. But if you want to use one in the short term, you know, to make some money while you are working on your emotional state and better understanding things. Yeah, that, that certainly is a viable option. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I am biased in the sense that, you know, I understand that, um, you know, mental and emotional progress, you know, is, is what's necessary to kind of keep climbing the ranks as a trader. So, um, you know, yeah, you, you hundred percent can trade algorithmically and I have traders that, that do that, but they, the really good ones, you know, kind of have the algorithm, you know, kind of be their base. Mm -hmm. And that they then they are able to kind of, yeah, that then they use their own, you know, kind of human intellect to navigate, you know, unique opportunities or positions that have the ability to scale and scale in and scale out quite easily. Uh, but again, they've done the work and they have the knowledge and the desire to want to work through their emotions yeah. so that they can be able to spot those opportunities more easily. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that's a great thing to, to, to mention. Like, that is like your base, like it helps give you the ideal to like, okay, I'm going to base it off this. Okay, now, I, now I know based on everything that I typically look at, this is a great stock, or this is a great setup. Now I'm going to take from my emotional, okay, I know that I can scale in here, scale up, and then you kind of put your emotions or more of a human aspect on it. Um, now, I guess moving to the next question is like, Quamo. So like, basically, when I when you ask that question about um, for your uh, emotions, I thought, all right, can I like basically 
put on a pulse thing on my finger and basically if my pulse gets too high it says don't don't place a trade i don't know like is that where you were going or type it <laughs> well yeah i mean I, th I think so part one yes i think you know eventually this the the the, the technology will be able to help to do that but you know i, I think it, you know when we're doing that mapping if you want to get a heart rate monitor i mean that that's a that's another way of generating some some feedback the, the, the key though is that you're not just like kind of getting those data points when you know things are going poorly you also need to, to do that when things are going well right and and yeah. having a sense of what your heart rate is so you can actually make some you know kind of causal connections not just correlations yeah um you know but but like in terms of like the the systematic you know kind of quant model for emotions i mean i think you know the book really outlines a way of kind of formulating that right it doesn't provide the software to kind of make it easy for you to do you know but you know, by and large, I mean, that, that's all we're trying to do is, is kind of debug your mental and emotional system, right? So that, uh, you know, your perception, your sensation of the market is, is more pure. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, I don't want to end it like too, too soon, but is there anything that you, that we haven't discussed that you think is important for this type of topic? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, I just to kind of reiterate the point about resolution, you know, it's a different kind of target and goal than, most traders, most people think about, right? They, they think that kind of the management of their problems is where, where it's at. They're not really aware of all of the things that they may be doing to help kind of manage their emotions. So they have a really bad day, right? You know, lost a bunch of money and, you know, like what are you doing to kind of manage that emotion, right? Maybe you just kind of go for a run, go work out, maybe go have a couple of drinks, right? Whatever you're doing to kind of manage that emotion. And the same things kind of happen, you know, in, during the trading day as well, right? You kind of, things get a little bit over, overheated you know, you, you kind of bail and have to take a break, um, you know, get a little distracted, a little bored in a sideways market, right? There's things that you're doing to kind of manage yourself, manage your mind, manage your emotions throughout. And it's, I think it's really important to become more aware of that stuff, yeah. right? Because once you start to expose, you know, the real thing that's happening there, right? So let's take the anger and, and, and look more closely at it. If you're not solving it, then you need to just keep managing it day after day after day. And it really does limit your progress. And it's also not that hard to solve. I think, you know, a lot of the trading psychology material is really good in theory, provides a lot of kind of foundational knowledge, but it kind of lacks a bit of a system and a process and techniques, practical steps that you can take to take that knowledge and turn it into some kind of measurable improvement. You know, and that's, and that's what this book is really designed to do. So yeah, I think having that target of resolution and really working through your emotions working through them to, to solve them. It's hard to kind of fully express the difference when you get on the other side, but you know, automatically the things that used to kind of throw you off, right. Causing some greed, FOMO, anger, whatever, if they automatically don't and automatically you're able to kind of have the poise and the presence of mind to see the signals trade on them, be able to sense maybe volume and momentum easier where the trends may be kind of turning right? I mean, you're just going to make more money, right? If you're having to, to manage and defend yourself against your own impulses, yeah. now you're trying to do two things at once. And by definition, you're not going to do both very well. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, going back to the idea of like a previous stuff that's been written on trading psychology is I just got done with a book. I don't know if you know him, but Michael Covell, he wrote a book on trend following mindset and it was really good, but it didn't really give applicable steps. It was just like, this is what we face I was like, okay, yeah, I know that. I mean, it was great, but whatever. I mean, that's what was really cool about your book is I only got into like chapter three and it was like, okay, this is, this is what you need to do. And so I definitely really liked how, how you did that with this book. Um, for everyone who's list, who is listening, uh, 
where's the best place for them to go learn more about you and, and follow you and stuff? Yeah. Uh, jaredtendler.com is my website. Um, there's plenty of kind of free resources there. You can download the first chapter of the book if you want to. Awesome. Um, if you've got the audiobook, you want to download the PDF companion. Um, there's also kind of worksheets that I use and talk about within the, the book itself. And, you know, those are all there. Um, I, I used to host a podcast. I'll, I'll probably be launching one, you know, in the fall. Um, but there's tons of great interviews that I've done with, with kind of really high performers from across, you know, the space that are, that are there. Um, yeah. And yeah, kind of lots of information. Awesome. Yeah. So all those links will be down below for anybody listening or watching. Uh, also the mental game of trading book will be linked below and I definitely recommend you check it out. Even if you're a trader an entrepreneur or whatever, it has stuff that can be applied to everything. All right, Jared, thank you so much for being on this interview and podcast. I really appreciate it. And I know our listeners got a lot from it. Awesome. Thanks, Austin. Good, good to meet you. Good to be with you. Yeah, of course.